<clears throat> for our listeners. No. No. I'm going to say it. Natalie hates when I move my mouse. So if you hate it, um, buy me a mouse pad, listeners. You can send it to my house. Send me a message if you want my address. Okay. Unless you're a stalker and then we're not doing that. Welcome to another episode of Wolf Disney. I'm Sarah. And I'm Natalie. We are two sisters who have very little Disney experience. And so we are slowly making our way through the Disney catalog, movie by movie, in chronological order, giving our hot takes that have never been given by anybody else before. This week's episode is... Bambi. Dun, dun, dun! A love story for the ages. Nobody dies. All right, so I think... Upon researching Bambi and watching Bambi, uh, one of the largest questions that are raised from watching Bambi is where are the dads? Mm -hmm. Uh, We see Bambi's dad, but that's about it. We see Thumper and Flower and Bambi as dads. Um, But even then we see Bambi at the end being a distant father, Um, which I mean, he's the king. Yeah, I had hopes for Bambi. And then... Yeah, anyways, go ahead. He's got a job. It's a vocation. What is his job? Let's not start this yet. Um, So (laughs) I thought it would be fun for us to create plot lines or reasons of why different animal parents were absent. Because we're only given that reason for the deer. Um, So what are the rabbit dads doing? What are the skunk dads doing? What are... Oh, wow. The possum dads. There's possums. Um, I think I don't know if there are other animals in this movie. There's a lot. There's, like, quails. There's pe- pheasants. Almost said peasants. Get those confused sometimes. <laughs> okay. So we this, we're going to assign each other the animal. Okay. Can we assign it and then take, like, a three-minute break? Sure. Okay. Okay. Um... Natalie, I would like to assign you Thumper's father. Oh, okay. I'm going to assign you Flower's father. All right, I'm ready. Natalie, I assigned you Thumper. Mm -hmm. Tell me about where Thumper's dad is. All right. Um, So as you may have noticed, um, Thumper is a different color from his sister's. His sister... (laughs) Wow. Honestly, it's a dark term, but it's not as dark as probably what you're thinking so far. I just didn't, I just didn't even notice that. I'm just impressed. Oh, oh. Well, as I noticed... Um, I don't see color. Okay. As I noticed, Thumper is gray, and his sisters are more of like a brown color. Um, and so, actually, Thumper was the first gray rabbit born in that forest in years. Um, there's been, like, there'd been no gray rabbits born in a very, very long time. And so, mankind found out, the hunters of mankind found out, um, and they decided that Thumper's dad must be lucky. Um, that's the only way that they could have conceived a gray bunny. And so, they did kill his dad and turned his foot into a lucky rabbit's foot. <clears throat> wow. That's so it's sad. So sad. So that's my story. Do you have questions? Do I have questions? Let's see. But why is Thumber Gray? Oh, for the movie? <laughs> yes. So because um originally they were going to do all Thumper and his siblings. Um, like similarly to the uh, the dwarfs and have them all be like individual characters. I'm not kidding. Um, and they decided that would just like, that would um, stray too much from the whole theme of Bambi of them being just like regular normal animals in the forest. Um, and so making Thumper have like, I think he has like one tooth and his siblings yeah. less pronounced teeth or something and him being gray makes him like the distinguishable bunny in the litter. 
Right, but like, I was asking you to speculate. Well, you, because his dad's lucky. So his dad is lucky. So he died for a good cause. Yes. For a lucky rabbit's foot for a person who needed luck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sarah, what was your story that you came up with for Flower's dad? So in the movie, you notice that it's just Flower. It's not even Flower and his mother, which is different from other animals. Um, It's just Flower, which I had questions about, like, is he an orphan? Is he just, like, struck out on his own young kid wanting to make it big in the big forest? Um, You know, those questions. But um, obviously, I think we all know that both of his parents were framed for the murder of another woodland creature. Which one? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, my first thought was a seal. <laughs> well, okay. And that's how we can know that they were framed. It wasn't real. Right. Yeah. No, um, <clears throat> they were framed for, the murder of a, a smote, which is like a weasel, a small weasel. Okay. Um, obviously, we know who really killed the smote. It is obviously going to be man, as man is the enemy in this movie. Right. Um, but Owl was the judge and the jury and the prosecutor, and Owl found them guilty of murder, and so they were sent away for life. And Flower was then led, he had, to, he had to raise himself as a young skunk. It's a, sad, it's a sad dark side of the forest that no one wants to talk about, but I'm here to shed a light on that, on the injustices of the court systems of the forest. Did you ever consider the fact that skunks just live um, solitarily? Did you know that before watching this movie? After? I didn't know that. Well, I did my animal research for this movie. I'm not kidding. I did do a lot of research on this. I had a lot of questions with Flower. That's a good story, Sarah. Of course, of course, of course, skunks live by themselves. They live solitary lives. But but skunk, but Flower, the skunk, um, led that solitary life prematurely, because we do see him with his child later on. Mm-hmm. And we can presume that the age of that child is about the same age that Flower and Thumper were when they met Bambi for the first time. There it is. Lawyered, Disneyed, done. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't quite get that ending, but okay. It means uh, I won. Huh? It means I won. Oh. I won. I won the trial. Well, I'd say the ice has definitely been broken. Uh, thankfully, more than... Thankfully, the ice that Bambi and Thumper played on never broke the way that this ice just broke. hey So, Bambi uh, is a book. Mm-hmm. It is. Would you like me to talk about it? Yeah. Okay. I know. So the movie Bambi is based on a 1923 novel called Bambi, A Life in the Woods by Felix Salton, who is an Austrian writer. Um, one of the interesting things about the book is that it's one of the first environmental novels which means it's a book that kind of focused on environmental rights and um, environmental awareness and that kind of stuff. Um, I was wondering that when I was watching the movie where I was like, this, this seems like very much like anti, not humanity, but like very much trying to raise awareness of the callousness of humanity and how, we don't think about, you know, the impact of things that we do. Like if we go hunting, maybe you're doing that for food, but like, are you watching the fire that you're setting up? Um, because that could start a fire. 
Um, yeah, the um, I think even some people from Disney, some of the animators, um, when asked asked what Bambi is about, um, if they were to like describe it, they said that it's like a demonstration of the fact that nature on its own is good. Um, with the rabbit and the deer and the skunk and all the animals playing and living together um, peacefully in that it's the invasion of humankind in that world that makes things, evil things happen, bad things happen, which I mean, as uh, animals do still kill each other and stuff like that is still part, but it is, it is for survival. Um, it's not like for hobbies or games. There's no like malicious motive involved right. other than possibly Flowers' parents when they were framed for murder. Okay, or Bambi fighting that one boy who wanted oh, your face. That was a weird Could have done without that scene. Honestly. Really, really could have done without that scene. Okay. So, um, so Bambi, A Life in the Woods is an environmental novel published in 1923. Um, and from what I could see, the storyline in Bambi, the movie, follows Bambi, the book, pretty well, except that there are some there's some extra characters. Um, there's some things that happen that are weird to me. Um, the, at least the beginning of the novel and the beginning of the movie are pretty similar in that Bambi is being raised by his mother and she's kind of showing him the ways of the world, of their forest and that kind of stuff. Um, and then mankind kind of gets introduced into the novel and in the novel, man is, is just called he. Um, that's the animal term for humans, and um, and he, Bambi has an encounter with a he, and it terrifies him. The man raises a firearm and aims it at him, which you know would be scary. Yeah. Um, uh, he is scolded. There's some weird shame aspects of the novel. Uh, the Bambi is scolded by a stag for crying for his mother. Um, apparently in the book, and I don't know enough about deer, Natalie, I heard you went down a couple of, uh, rabbit holes, if you will, about animals, but, um, in the novel at least, and I guess you see a little bit of it in the movie, but, um, one of the ways to grow up is to just kind of be left on your own for a little bit, and so in the novel, Bambi's mother would leave him alone for a while, um, to get used to being alone. And so at some point, a stag stumbles upon Bambi, who's crying um, because his mother's left him alone, and the stag scolds him. Um, but then he later learns that the stag is the old prince, who is the oldest and largest stag in the forest, who is known for his cunning and aloof nature, which I think we definitely see a little bit of the aloof nature uh, in the movie. Um, so at one point his mom takes him somewhere and he meets his aunt who has two baby deer, one named Falene, 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 which is the one that he like falls in love with in the movie. Um, but also another brother, I think, um, deer names are, are hard for me to determine their gender. Um, but, but Falene has something named Gobo. Um, so he meets all these deer, um, but then the hunters come into the forest and they kill, killing many animals, including Bambi's mother. Gobo also disappears and is presumed dead, which is just a weird, weird phrase. Um, after this, the novel skips ahead a year and Bambi is a young adult. He has been raised by a female, a doe that he had met. A doe is a deer, a female deer. A ray, a drop of gold. Yeah, I get it. Yep. Okay. And so then he falls in love. He battles some people. Not people. He battles. <laughs> yes. What? Hold on. He falls in love with his cousin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm overlooking that. But it's like dear cousins. I don't know. Okay. Then he kind of like teams up with the old prince, which I guess is his father in the novel, um, who, who saves Bambi's life when he nearly runs towards a hunter imitating a doe's call. 
Um, and so then he like spends the summer teaching him how to be more aware of like man's wily ways, like teaching him how to get out of snares and that kind of stuff. Um, but during that summer, Gobo returns to the forest. Remember, Gobo was missing and presumed dead. Gobo returns, and it turns out that he had been raised by a man who had found him collapsed in the snow. And so he gets, like, nursed back to health by this human. Um, but then Gobo gets killed because then he approaches another human thinking, all humans are wonderful. And um, turns out that is not true. Wow, that's a deep layer to the whole, like, humankind message yep. of nature. Yep. Like, even... Like, we're helping. Helping or hurting. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and then the novel kind of takes a weird turn. Um, he falls in love with Falling and, and they, like, get married and, like, whatever dear ceremony they have. Um... When he is gray and old, the old prince shows him that man is not all-powerful by showing him the dead body of a man who was shot and killed by another man. When Baby confirms this, uh, confirms that he now understands that he, which is again their name for the man, that he is not all-powerful and that there is another over all creatures. I don't know what that means. The stag tells him that he has always loved him and calls him my son before leaving. So, like, for the entire novel, Bambi does not know that this old prince is his father. Um, it's weird. It is weird. It is weird. Um, this, to me, is the weirdest part. At the end of the novel, Bambi meets the twin fa- meets twin fawns who are calling for their mother, and he scolds them for not being able to stay alone. After leaving them, he thinks to himself that the girl fawn reminded him of Falline and that the male was promising and that Bambi hoped to meet him again when he was grown. That's how it ends. I mean, it just seems like, I mean, he's an absent father. Bambi is? Yeah. Like, you watch the movie. I know we'll get into this, but you watch the movie. And you're like, I don't know about you, but I was annoyed by Bambi's father most of the movie. And then you read this synopsis of a novel, not the whole novel, but you read the synopsis and Bambi is just like his father. Like he's like, uh, I don't know if I can commit to this. And he walks away and then he meets these, these baby deer and he's like, hmm. Yeah, but like generation to generation, like you repeat what your parents did. Mm, Yeah. I guess I was just hoping that this would be a story of a break in that cycle. Okay, going back to the book. Um, when it was written, the novel's target audience was adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just can't imagine. I don't know. I was trying to remember if there had been a book that I had read where the main characters were animals that was a book for adults. I guess Watership Down. Yes. Um, yeah, it was just weird to me that that is a novel targeted for adults, but it was crazy successful. Um, everyone really liked it. Um, but then it was banned in Nazi Germany in 1936 as, yes, ma'am. Oh, I wonder, because I mean, like, Watership Down is about animals, but it's an allegory for right. war, right? Right. Um, and so, like, if it's this environmentalist book, like, you just read the plot of it to us, but, like, were the adult readers reading it as entertainment, or was it this, like, philosophical, educational moment also? Yeah, ethical question. I'm not sure. Um, but it was banned in Nazi Germany in 1936, and they deemed that it was political allegory on the treatment of Jews in Europe. And the author was Jewish. And so mm-hmm. part of that is, you know, was it banned because the author was Jewish or was it banned because Nazi Germany did read into it and saw like maybe there could be ways in which the animals could be seen as Jewish and man could be seen as non-Jewish Christians or um, yeah. non-Jewish people. Yeah. Um, so, and, and many of the copies were burned which makes finding a first edition like really, really hard in Germany 
or I guess in the world today because so many. And did you find one for us? <laughs> Do I have one? When it was published in the United States, a lot of people liked it, but some people found weird things to be upset about, in my opinion. Um, the Wall Street Journal, one of the writers said that they considered it an anti-fascist allegory. But but this author sarcastically notes that you'll find it in the children's sec- section at the library, a perfect place for this 293-page volume, packed as it is with blood and guts action, sexual conquest and betrayal, and a forest full of cutthroats and miscreants. I count at least six murderers, including three child killers, among Bambi's associates. Associates? Yeah. Which I think, again, backs up my flower dance as murderers. Okay. The other thing that this book and movie has been credited with is this phrase called the Bambi effect, which is uh, when people um, project anthropomorphic um, identities on animals, and so that makes them harder to kill. And so the example is like, it would be harder to kill a deer or a bunny rabbit because they're so cute. We call them bunny rabbits. Yeah. Like a pig, maybe not because we need bacon. Um, And so some, some butchers have attributed or have blamed Bambi for the rise in vegetarianism because it has made people have like a sympathetic view towards animals and hunting and all of that. Natalie, did you do research on the actual movie? I did. What did you learn? Well, um, as you said, it was a novel and um, an MGM filmmaker by the name Sidney Franklin um, in 1933 got the rights to the novel. And then he decided that it would not actually translate well as a live action movie. So he got in touch with Walt Disney and convinced him to um, buy the rights to the novel to make an animated version of the book. Um, And so that purchase happened in 1938. Um, And actually Sidney Franklin was hired by Walt Disney as a consultant for the making of Bambi. And he gets credit, did you see that? That's why I researched him. he, the last thing in the opening credits is, uh, says like endless gratitude or something um, for Sidney A. Franklin, um, which I think is cool to see MGM and Disney, like big studios at the time. So Disney bought the rights in 1938, but the movie did not come out until 1942. Um, and we have been, I think for almost every episode we've done so far, like Disney or Bambi is mentioned in some of our research because that's been happening just kind of slowly throughout this whole process. Um, One quote I have from Mel Shaw, who was an animator on that crew, um, when asked about like how they chose what direction to go in with Bambi. Um, This is a quote from him. He said, the story of Bambi had so many possibilities. You could go off on a million tangents. I remember one situation where Walt became involved with it himself. He said, suppose we have Bambi step on an anthill and we cut inside and see all the damage he's done to the ant civilization. We spent weeks and weeks developing the ants and then all of a sudden we decided, you know, we're way off the story. This has, got, this has nothing to do with the story of Bambi. We also had a family of grasshoppers and they get into a family squabble of this or that and Bambi is watching all of this and here's this big head of Bambi and the grasshoppers. And that's what, and what's that got to do with the story? And this would go on many times. I actually would have been okay with like the grasshopper fight. <laughs> well, that's when the bug's life, a bug's life comes in. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, another plot line that Disney wanted to add in. Disney wanted to, I guess, enhance the role of man being bad by showing the man being burned to death by his own fire. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody said, I don't think that's necessary for this children's animated movie. They made the decision to um, 
not actually show Bambi's mom dying. Um, like that was also a conversation they had to have. Um, was I also a- feel like that's the first time, right? And and that we've in the movies we've watched that we've seen a character die. That there's been a death in a movie. Yeah, that like that hadn't already happened because like with right. Snow White, I think we assume her parents have died. Yeah. Fantasia. Who knows? Yeah, well, the the dinosaurs certainly die in Fantasia. If we believe that that's... Okay. Um, Yeah, I'd say so. Dumbo, Pinocchio, Fantasia. I think that's the first time we've seen it. And and it was, like, it was pretty jarring. Like, although I knew she wasn't going to die. And so, but then I thought... The first time they go out in the meadow, I was like, this is when she's going to die. This is when she's going to die. And then the hunters came. And I was like, all right, she's going to die. And then she didn't. And I was like, oh, maybe she doesn't die. Yeah, I remember that death happening, like, very early in the movie. Yeah. Which, actually, I know why. I'm just not realizing this. Is that in the Fox and the Hound, the mom dies, like, in the first scene. Oh, of the fox. That's why I thought that. Okay, this makes way more sense. So, voice actors. Mm-hmm. Um, These are my questions. What? Is Thumper voiced by a famous child? No. Are there real children voicing those animals? Yes good because they were really good okay so we have a um return of a voice actor from last week do you know who timothy mouse no sterling holloway the stork yeah sterling holloway who played the stork and winnie the The owl nope he is flower when flower is an adult oh Yeah. Um, friend Owl is Will Wright. Um, and this is a point in the podcast I think we should start adding in, which is called Did Dad Listen This Week? Um, so I'm going to put in just, if we can, a fun fact that really only appeals to our father. And we'll know if he listened to our podcast because we'll hopefully get Dad, if you're listening, text us. Um, no, he doesn't know how to do that. Dad, email us at wolfdisney at gmail.com, wolfdisneypodcast at gmail.com. Um, so the fun fact this week is that Will Wright voiced Friend Owl, um, and he's in a lot of stuff. Um, this is a quote from his like main bio on Wikipedia, is he was frequently cast in Westerns and as a curmudgeonly and argumentative old man. And so among other things, he was in Perry Mason, The Lone Ranger, and The Andy Griffith Show. Um, but you'll like this one. Um, young Pauline was voiced by Cammie King, who was Bonnie Blue Butler and Gone with the Wind. Who's Bonnie Blue? Oh, the daughter? The daughter, yeah. Oh, she was annoying. Okay. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, she was, yeah. Anybody that's Scarlet's kid will be annoying. Spoiled. Yeah. Um, she dies, right? Did she, like, fall downstairs and die? <laughs> she went falling. I was like, no. Well, but, like, do we there, know? There's oh, a Bambi, too. Because they have Bambi. They have babies. Yes. God. But I was confused in that scene. Like, <laughs> anyways, go ahead. Um, so you asked about the kid actors, and, yes, there were child actors for particularly the young versions of the main characters. Did they get and- it? No, like, still at this point, nobody's getting credit for these things. Um, I don't know when that starts to happen, um, but I don't know. Um, and so the people at Disney uh, who are working with the children actors um, recognize that laughter is, like, the hardest expression to genuinely capture um, on cue. And so what they did is they invited the child actors to a special screening of some of Mickey Mouse's funniest cartoons and they mic'd the room um, and recorded their actual laughter at watching Mickey Mouse for oh, uh, some of the audio, which is really cute. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. There was like a quote that said, but apparently one of the kids afterwards went up to Walt Disney and reportedly said like, 
I'll work for you anytime, Mr. Disney. This is child's play, which I was like, I don't think no. you actually said that. Shenanigans. There is no way. That's an urban legend. I wish that happened. I think it's adorable to have the kid. I mean, I think that's a great idea. And when you do hear like the laughter of children in the movie, like it does feel like it's honest, like mm-hmm. real laughter. But there's no way a kid said that. <laughs> Somebody, yeah, somebody paid him five dollars to say that. Yeah, it was a gag. Money. Somebody paid him a nickel to say that. It was a gag. Yeah. You talked about the environmentalism, and you mentioned Smokey the Bear. Mm-hmm. Um. So, in 1944, Disney gave the USDA Forest Service the rights to Bambi's image for a year, and so they used Bambi on their campaigns that year. Um. And after that loan ended, they could no longer even use a deer character, um, which kind of makes sense. Um, how unique are you going to make a deer in 1944? Anyway, um, and so after that loan ended and they realized how successful it was for them to have sweet Bambi there um, crying about mankind killing them, um, that's when Smokey Bear was created, was oh. because of Bambi's success. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I always wonder when you see those Smokey the Bear signs on the side of the road, like who's who's updating them and how often? Yeah. Well, they also came back with a Bambi campaign in the last like 15 years, I want to say. That was specifically, because I think this one wasn't, this one wasn't fire related. And I don't think Smokey Bear was always fire related, maybe. Um, the Bambi one definitely was not fire related. Like clean up after yourself or something? Yeah, it was just like, don't harm animals yeah um this is a new segment called the i don't know about that segment um it started because i was running out of things to look up for bambi everything i looked up was kind of a dead end um and um and so i did just out of curiosity googled bambi conspiracy theory because i thought maybe that can be a new thing i do um, and one thing popped up, you know, a lot of things popped up, but one thing that was useful popped up was this theory about Bambi. Can it be called or, the, can, can it be called the, I don't know about that. Yeah. You guys say it like that. I don't know about that. Um, our parents say it and now I say it too, um, mostly to anger my friends. Um, when people give you information and for some reason in your head, you just doubt it, no matter how much sense it makes what the other person is saying. Um, I don't know about that. For me, it's mostly how I uh, passively admit that I'm wrong um, and just end the conversation there without saying you are right. Um, but yeah, so this is, this is this week's I don't know about that. Um, Amos Slade killed Bambi's mom. Who is Amos Slade? Amos Slade is the hunter from Fox and the Hound. Here's the person's rationale. He took Copper on the hunting trip around late fall while Bambi's mom died in winter. Also, the only hint to when Bambi takes place is that the gun that shot his mother is a rifle, making it possible for Amos to be the possible killer. Not to mention, you actually see two of the animals from Bambi in Fox and the Hound. I don't know if they just means like there's there is an owl dogs? and a hound. I mean, there's dogs. I don't think he's referring to the dogs. I think they're oh. referring to the owl creature, which is a very different character in the Fox and the Hound than Bambi. Oh, I've not seen a movie forever. I don't remember an owl. I mean, she's like the she's like the mama the owl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sings a song. Yeah. I don't know what the song is, but it's really sweet. Like, yeah, she's a really best of friends, right? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Such a good song. Such a good movie. Um, That's next week, right? I wish. Um, So anyway, I don't know about that. I don't buy it. I don't know about that either. Um, Yeah, and that is the history and all my fun facts for Bambi. And boy, were they fun. Yeah, don't say that every week. I didn't say that last week. I said that was a fun fact. Okay. This week I said, boy, were they fun. All right.
changing it up. So during our our segments, um, I think it became very clear that both of us have some questions and some thoughts on Bambi. Yes. Okay, so you're not going to start. Well, I will start. Um, I liked that the movie was only an hour and 11 minutes long. Yeah, I don't know. I guess all these early Disney movies are because... Um, I even read that they had to cut it by like 14 minutes. Um, what were those 14 minutes? Was it the yeah. grasshoppers? I don't know, but they had to do it to like, in order to release it, they had to cut it by 14 minutes. Well, but um, I will say that like the movie is not really plot driven. Like a lot of it to me is like, this is what the forest is like during all of these seasons. This is yeah. what baby animals look like. Um, the fir- like I, I think like the first five minutes it felt like was just a slow pan through the forest. It was just dark trees and shadows. And I was like, are we going to meet any characters anytime soon? Um, I felt Um, like Lawrence of Arabia, but like in cartoon form. What? Already tired of you degrading this movie? I I like the movie. I do. I just felt like there was a lot of like, you know, things nature, like... Nature is its own plot. The world tell is me, God's theater. Tell me more about your nature is its own plot theory. Creation is God's theater. That's Calvin. Good job. Nerd. I think if you asked a 10th grader to do a plot diagram of Bambi they would really, really struggle because there's nothing that leads up to the climax of the movie, which I guess is both Bambi being shot and the fire coming, right? Like there's no, there's no, there are no actions that Bambi and his friends do that leads to that climax. It just kind of happens to them. Yeah. Like to me, it was, if you didn't have the fire and you didn't have man, it would have been like a weird documentary of like the lives of forest creatures. Yeah, it's a life cycle. Yeah. Regardless, I never got bored. Um, I got bored. I don't know. Just just all of like I didn't need all of the woodland scenes. Like I wanted more characters. I wanted more thumper, let's be honest. Um, I'm a big Thumper fan and I needed, I needed more Thumper. Yeah. Thumper was definitely my favorite as a kid. And it's, I don't know. I think I like, I like flower more and more, but. Well, I I just had questions about like the whole, um, monarchy in the forest of, you know, the, the new prince is born and there's the old prince and like it just didn't make any sense to me because I don't know it it was just weird like shouldn't he be king which is why why are they princes to begin with and and in the and in the novel it seems that all of them all of the deer are princes like they're like referenced to as princes which is weird to me but like but why, you know, I mean, the lion is king of the jungle, and that makes sense because lions are, like, you know, ferocious or whatever, but a deer, deer, deer are kind of dumb. One of them, one of the things that they said was, like, um, and it makes sense, too, when you think about it, that Bambi's dad has all of the, the antlers, and that shows that he's old, yeah, and they say that he's like he's the wisest, which I guess is just because he hasn't died that that makes him the wisest. Like he hasn't, you know, run in front of a car <laughs> or get shot by a hunter, which I guess makes him the wisest. But I don't know that I really view him as particularly wise in what we see of him. 
The movie opens with all of the animals rushing to go see Bambi, who's uh-huh. just been born. And they're saying, like, the new prince is born. We're going to see him. Um, and then they, like, find them in a clearing, and all of these animals are watching, and Bambi's mother is just fine. Mm-hmm. And um, it felt like she was giving off some Kate Middleton just leaving the hospital the same day she gave birth vibes. Yeah. Which I think is setting an unrealistic standard for other woodland creatures. No, it's only for the queen. Yeah, birth is messy. And I just think that that's not good for other animals to see and think that they should also you know, strive for that kind of collectiveness. Did you know that, um, well, did the April Shower song sound familiar to you? I'd heard it before. Um, can you think of another song that um, features some lines of, of it? Not like the words, but the notes, the music part of it. <laughs> no. Um, Inspector Gadget, the theme song. Da, 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 Inspector Gadget. Da, 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 da. Oh. Did you come up with that on your own? Yeah. <laughs> I was singing it in the shower after I watched, and then I kept getting confused and going in Inspector Gadget theme song instead of Drip, Drip, Drop. I do that with um, Zacchaeus and Old King Cole. We go... Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He called for his pipe and he called for his bowl and he called for his fiddlers three. <laughs> yeah. I after the first thing I did after I got out of my shower before I brushed my hair um, was I Googled Inspector Gadget Bambi theme song and not a lot of hits. Nothing? Huh? Nothing. Nothing. No. Okay. <sighs> Um, so I liked Thumper a lot as well. Um, I remember as a kid really liking, I mean, I remember thinking his character was very, very funny, um, of all the times his mom would call him out, um, for like misbehaving and how bashful he was and like kind of embarrassed in front of his friends for getting in trouble. Bashful is very annoyed. I thought he was like, I don't know. I like Um... But I think his most popular popular line is, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Which I remember liking a lot as a kid. I remember it sounding like a good moral. Um, but now I would like to say that it's not always the way to go. That maybe you should call people out for being wrong. Yeah. yeah. Or just like coming from the South where things that you're like, everything you say should in some way be pleasant. Um, it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of like a way to train children to like not speak truth and to place making people uncomfortable or making people. Yeah. I wrote that down. I wrote, I like Thumper. He's just speaking his truth. (laughs) Because, like, yeah. when he's talking about how Bambi walks, he's, like, he's kind of clumsy, isn't he, or something like that. Yeah. Mom, that's when his mom gets mad at him. Well, but, like, that is something he doesn't have to say. Like, that's not going to help he's Bambi walk. Yeah, like, that's not going to help Bambi walk. But, um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be annoyed if my kids said that, probably. <laughs> looking at somebody else. Yeah, well, also, like, Later when they're on the frozen pond, um, Thumper is just having a good old time ice skating, which also then I was like, how, like how many seasons has this rabbit lived? Like nothing is new to him as everything is new to Bambi. That was kind of confusing for me. But um, Bambi obviously is struggling. Um, Bambi has four legs and Thumper is a lot lower to the ground. So Thumper is watching him and like laughs at him and kind of, makes light of how um, difficult it is for Bambi to maneuver on the ice. Um, And then says, you got to watch both ends at the same time, Um, which like makes sense. Yeah. You have to watch all four of your legs. But if I were Bambi, I would just be like, Thumper, you're literally only on two giant feet this whole time. 
I am on the smallest little hooves. I am feet above the ground from you. Anyway, I was just like, that's not necessary, Thumper. This, this has come easier for you in life than it has for Bambi. I just think it's really interesting that you have picked up on this scene <laughs> because it reminded me yeah. of a scene between you and me. Yeah. Um, do you know what scene that is? I, mean, I don't think you know anymore. I guess it's ice skating. Skiing. Skiing, okay. Yeah. Um, should I tell a story? Nope. Go ahead. It just reminded me of when you came to visit me when I was a freshman in college and I was going to take you skiing for your birthday and you had a panic attack at the top of... Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I remember better than you do as I was like 19 at the time and you were 10. And what do you think happened? The panic attack. What do you think happened? I was upset. And overwhelmed. Yeah. I'll tell you how this feeling started. Is that mama dad sent me on this trip with gloves that had plastic lining on the palms. And so it never got enough friction on the rope that hauls you up to the top of the mountain. And so an employee, because every time I'd grab onto it, the rope would just slip through my hands no matter how hard I grasped the rope. And so an employee had to like, stand behind me to just like move my body just like to the top of a mountain and that was just really embarrassing and not how I wanted that journey to start. I did not know that. Yes. I mean I know that we are at the bottom and I said do you want to go ahead of me or do you want me to go first and you said you should go first and I was like great and I got to the top and you were at the bottom <laughs> and they stopped the rope toe at that point. So then you got to the top and I was like, all right. And it was just a bunny slope or a hair slope, if you will, depending on, you know, what movie you're watching. Um, and you refused to go down. Like you wouldn't, were not going to do it. Um, and it got to the point where you started crying and I had probably my worst moment as a sister ever. And I channeled my inner Tom Hanks league of their own and said, why are you crying? There's no crying and skiing. Um, and then finally, I think you actually took your skis off and walked down the bunny slope. That's familiar. And then I said, would you like a lesson? And you said you would not do one by yourself. So I had to pay for two lessons. And then the ski instructor saw that I could ski already. And she was like, well, why don't you just go and ski and I'll teach your sister. And you were like, yeah, that sounds great. And then, so I paid for two lessons. Um, and uh, I don't think you have skied since. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Here is what I will say that is nice. I just love the voices of the animals. Like, especially Thumper. When... Um, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Thumper says, did the young prince fall down? <laughs> I just, I laughed so hard. And then he like explains to Bambi, those are birds. <laughs> yeah, I think it's especially good just like knowing that they are kids doing it. Yeah. That is just how kids talk. Um, whatever actor did Thumper, like that was not a character that was probably just that child um and their mannerisms yeah yeah it was good and then another like kid scene was when they're about to go to the meadow for the first time baby and his mom and they're walking and baby says mother what are we gonna do today what are we gonna do today and then she starts answering these all these questions and i was like this is every mother right now during the pandemic like what are we doing today you know like, what exciting thing have you planned for me today? Because I need structure. Um, you had some Lion King stuff? Yeah, my, like, big question takeaway from the movie is Lion King related. Um, so I think there's a lot of, um, which I really had not processed until today, a lot of similar themes um, and scenes between Bambi and the Lion King. And it's just one that I hear about way too often for my preference um and nobody really ever talks about Bambi 
And so besides it coming out 50 years before The Lion King, I think they're pretty similar. Um, like you have a traumatic parent's death. You have... But even like leading up to that first death, when they're in the meadow, when the hunter comes out for the first time, mm-hmm. it, it is almost like the exact same scene from Lion King with like the wildebeests going Like the stampede? Yeah, like... Yeah. Bambi is trying to find his mom. Like, yeah, Yeah. there's the whole like king prince thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, like the one difference is there's no humankind in the Lion King. It's all like the evil is in nature. It's in the family, Um, and yeah, and so specifically thinking about how like they share a lot of the same like disturbing, violent themes. I just think. Bambi um, from like parents and stuff and adults gets a lot of um, criticism for like, I remember like having a lot of friends who weren't allowed to watch Bambi growing up because their parents thought it'd be too traumatic of, no, of the mom dying. And I just don't see how that's any different in the Lion King. And I think the Lion King got a way easier pass as far as the violence it shows than Bambi gets. I wonder why. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, to me, like, you see dead deer on the side of the road all the time. You don't see dead lions. It's true. Um, yeah, that's my one, my one issue I would take to all you Disney people. Let's see. There's Twitter painted. Yes, I realize that that is where our family gets Twitter painted from. I don't remember watching this movie. Oh, gosh, I do. It's a Disney-created word. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Like, like Shakespeare. That's somebody's name, Shakespeare. Oh, thank you. I was, I was just really confused about Bambi getting shot. I didn't remember. I didn't know he got shot. In the book? In the movie. <laughs> Did you know he got when did he get shot in the movie? He did get shot in the movie. When? Oh my god, right before the fire. He jumps, and there's a gunshot. He jumps over that, that cliff? Yeah, and then he's lying down, and his dad comes and says, get up, you have to get up, you have to get up. And he has all that trouble getting up, and it's because he'd been shot. Oh, I thought he was just, like, weak. <laughs> you thought he was weak? Yes, I didn't see a, a wound. It, it's the same, like, tactic that they used for his mom in that you just hear the gunshot. I, okay. So, here's a fun fact. Bambi gets shot in the movie. All right. Natalie, do you have a scary scale? Um, yeah, I have a scary scale. In retrospect, I kind of wish I rated other movies different scores so that I don't know. I gave Bambi a 5.5. Is that the highest so far? No. Uh, Pinocchio is higher. Snow White's higher. Okay. It's higher than, it's higher than Dumbo and Fantasia. That's fair. Um, Yeah. I knew most of the scary scenes were going to happen like as or before they happened, but the one scene that I just don't remember happening really was the fire, forest fire scene, which I think honestly is almost scarier than just like Bambi's mom oh, yeah. being killed off camera. Especially um, now they know that Bambi was shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it's a very pleasant and enjoyable movie um i think if it were less cute the scary scale could maybe be higher but i just think it's adorable all around um that distracts from it um yeah i was in a very grumpy mood before i started it and like three minutes in i was like oh this is such a good movie as soon as thumper started talking thumper is so stinking cute if you're having a bad quarantine day, I really think Bambi could help. It's only like 64 minutes long or something. 
Did the little prince fall down? Yeah. And honestly, you can stop as soon as their voices drop. Like, yeah, oh, it was weird. I did not like it when their voices, I was like, mm-mm. No. without it. Um, yeah, you can just watch the childhood part and it's very cute. It's so cute. Their little voices. I just want to eat them up. Do you want to talk about our favorite movies? Yeah. So every week, um, Sarah and I individually pick our favorite movie of all the movies that we have watched so far. Um, currently Sarah's favorite is The Reluctant Dragon and my favorite is Dumbo. So Sarah this week, which one wins? The Reluctant Dragon or Bambi? I'm gonna go with The Reluctant Dragon. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) No, I liked Bambi. I really liked Thumper. I laughed out loud, which goes a long way for me. and so, basically, just based on the child animals alone, Bambi wins. Sorry, <laughs> reluctant dragon. I'm reluctant to give you up. Yeah. You still might be one of the dragon's biggest fans. Sarah Jameson, shout out to Sarah Jameson, has, was looking forward to our reluctant dragon episode for weeks. Like, that was her favorite movie as a kid. Yes. Yeah, that's something else. Um, you can ask me. Natalie. <laughs> Natalie, what is your, do you have a new favorite? What? Natalie, do you have a new favorite or are you sticking with Dumbo? Yeah, I, I definitely like Bambi more than Dumbo. Um, for sure, like Bambi, like thinking back to the last movies we've watched, I like Bambi so much better than Snow White and Pinocchio. Yes. Like, I just, yeah. I think Bambi is an easy winner for this week. I agree. Do we have any correspondence or anything? Well, while we recorded this, our dad did, well, he texted us. He's been texting us as he's listening to the most recent episode. And so he wanted us to do some research that we did not do because he did not get to us quickly enough. Um, But he would like to input that the crows in Dumbo, and he says, and Dumbo Dumbo 2 through 7, which don't exist, um, bear a remarkable resemblance to Heckle and Jekyll, which were two cartoon crows from the late 50s and early 60s. You going to look them up? Yep. Okay. He says he never saw overt racism in those cartoons, Heckle and Jekyll cartoons, um, but he's a product of the same period. And so he may have been oblivious to reflection in the cultural mirror. Um, so you just Googling Heckle Jekyll racism? Um, I didn't Google racism. I just Googled them to begin with. And I do, I have seen these characters before and I think you really have to. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that they are supposed to be like um, modeled after the crows in Dumbo from what I can see. So thanks for that email, Dad. Um, Anybody else who wants to email us, I guess, with similar things about crows um, or questions, comments, things we should have touched on in Bambi um, or in future episodes, because soon we will be looking for feedback from you guys, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, please email us at wolfdisneypodcast at gmail.com. Wolf has no E at the end. It's just like the animal. Oh. W-O-L-F. We're also on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at wolfdisneypod on all of those. Um, we've been posting pretty regularly on Facebook. Lots of fun, interactive things. Um, so come play, play along. Sarah, what's next week? So after Bambi, we actually go into an interesting, um, time frame, I guess, for Disney where they didn't make any of the movies that probably people think of right away when they think of Disney movies. They made a lot of what are called anthology films, which are movies that have a series of cartoons or stories or shorts kind of all strung together. Um, I've seen, we've seen one of them at least, like Fun and Fancy Free is one of the movies that we had growing up 
um, but a lot of these we've never seen before. So I'm not sure, I can't say like if they have a common thread, like I would say Funny Fancy Free has no common thread, like it's very random stories yeah. put together, um, but maybe these other ones will. But um, we're gonna kick off our anthology um, sessions with next week's Saludos Amigos and the Three Caballeros. We felt like maybe there might be some commonalities there. Um, yeah. And if there's not, we will. <laughs> there are commonalities. Okay, there's yeah. commonalities. So that will be next week. Um, we thought Fantasia was strange. We thought Reluctant Dragon was strange. Um, it's just gonna, it's gonna continue. Um, so, um, in our journey, we are approaching the 1950s pretty quickly. Um, and that is when Disney starts to venture into live action feature films, um, woven in with their animated feature films. Um, and a few of them like are, um, larger name movies, um, but are still not ones that either of us grew up with and, so we're kind of unsure if our listeners even grew up with them or know of them. And we think it's more fun for everybody involved if these are um, movies that people have actually watched. Um, so you're not just listening to an hour of us talking about something completely unfamiliar. Um, so in the coming weeks, we would love to hear from you all, our listeners. Um, just go ahead and look up um, a list of Walt Disney movies um, and look at the 1950s and let us know if any of these live action movies um, are ones either that you know are interesting or funny or unique or ones that you would just like to hear our takes on. Um, some of these movies are 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and the Davy Crockett movies and Old Yeller um, and Third Man on the Mountain. So Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, the Shaggy Dog. So get in touch with us. Wolf Disney Podcast at gmail.com. Wolf Disney Pod on social media. Um, we'll make something a little more official on social media for a way for you to um, voice that opinion. But we'd love to do things you actually care about. So one of the things that we're going to start doing is for movies that we have never seen a single second of or really maybe even heard a whole bunch about is we're going to make predictions about that movie. Um, so next week we're doing Saludos Amigos and The Three Caballeros. So Natalie, what do you think these movies will be about? Well, I did know that they're animated and I do think that both of them are supposed to be in South America. Um, I know that caballero means like man. Uh, I'm getting like a Wild West theme for both of these for some reason. Um, I think it's because are I'm you consulting like a Ouija board or something? <laughs> for some reason, the board is only speaking in Spanish to me. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm getting like a Wild West theme because of another movie I've never seen called The Three Amigos. I've come uh -huh. Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros in my head before. Um, so I still am anticipating them like riding horses and wearing cowboy hats in South America, which I don't, yeah. Um, and I think it will in no way be offensive to South American culture. Yeah, and that was gonna be my prediction was that it would be tastefully done. <laughs> really. If we've learned anything from Disney for the past few episodes, it's that they handle diversity mm -hmm. um, really well. Mm -hmm. Really, really tastefully done. Um, they do all of their research. They hire, you know, people representing the culture that they're depicting to voice those characters so i'm sure that if it takes place in south america central america they will have you know central and south americans voicing those parts i'm sure there won't be any kind of you know gimmicky stereotypical garb um that they'll wear um i think it's going to be really educational probably for us as to that culture yeah um, and it, it will represent um not just South America, 
but like the distinct countries that make up South America oh, and sure. their own their own unique their own distinct cultures and mm-hmm. histories. Yes, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a coming of age story about both of them. Both, both of them about you know a down and out caballero amigo and his or her journey towards enlightenment and um you know the pursuit of really knowing one's true self and your amigos who accompany you on that journey and there might be three of your amigos um all right sources all of my sources came from wikipedia that is your source my sources are d23.com, wattpad.com, and Wikipedia. I think you made up two of those sources. I did not. All right. So we will see you all every time. So we will catch up with y'all. <laughs> we will bless your ears. Oh, oh that's bad. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back next week with Saludos Amigos y... Y Los Tres Caballeros. This has been Wolf Disney. Thanks for listening. Our theme song is Lamb and Wolf by Poddington Bear. See you next week.